If I'm ever giving anything remotely resembling a sermon, I feel obliged to begin it in the words that preface any sermon uh, at church growing up in Houston, Texas. Come, Holy Spirit, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for thee. In your name, Jesus, we ask it. Amen. When I looked at the lectionary readings for this week, I was drawn towards the Old Testament more so than usual. The tale of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the book of Daniel set me spiraling back into textualist mode. And by the text, I do of course mean the VeggieTales episode, Rack, Shack, and Benny, which features some toe-tapping tunes that every once in a while get bizarrely stuck in my head out of nowhere. I was able to find the episode on YouTube and revisit it for the first time in decades. For those who didn't grow up in Christian education in the late, in the late 90s, VeggieTales used the novel technology of computer animation to repackage Bible stories in a way that helped them make sense to young children. If you haven't figured out by now, Rack, Shack, and Benny was the way that they shortened the unwieldy biblical names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now in this particular episode, the evil factory owner Nezer stands in for the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar and his 90-foot-tall statue in the reading from Daniel becomes a giant chocolate bunny that his assembly line workers are meant to worship. Famously, the trio resists even in the face of a threat to be thrown in the furnace. That part doesn't change, because kids can easily pick up on that imagery as one of imminent danger. But the episode goes in an interesting direction, one that I didn't really remember as a kid. It spins the story as one about peer pressure and listening to your parents. A slight deviance that makes a big difference. Now, in the VeggieTales episode, Little Asparagus Child Benny is able to rely back on a song that his mom sang to him as a nursery rhyme on how to draw strength by imagining her presence in tough moments. Granted, I'm sure this is something that many of the parents putting in the VHS tapes were happy to have the show reinforced. But focusing on standing up to Nezer dilutes the core message of the story, which is about putting faith in God to carry you through a difficult time, and that faith on its own being enough to withstand danger. The group responds to the threat in verse 18, But if not, be it known to you, O Lord, O King, that we will not serve your gods, and we will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. They had such faith in God's will being done that they are fully resigned to whatever fate he has in store for them, even if it means that they won't make it out. If he doesn't save them, they will accept that as his plan. The framing of the VeggieTales episode emphasizes their following the rules, not their faithfulness. The counselor in Daniel, looking into the furnace, observes, But I see four men unbound, walking in the middle of the fire, and they are not hurt and the fourth has the appearance of a god. VeggieTales frames this like a superhero swooping in to save them because they did the right thing. But it's not as if God kicked in like some sort of limited warranty guarantee. God was there all along with them, connected by faith. This story tells us of a god who does more than save Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fire. It tells us the story of a god who is willing to be with them in the furnace all along. 
The story reminds me of an aphorism I learned from a spiritual mentor in high school that's been a helpful dichotomy for me ever since. In religion, you obey, therefore you are saved. In faith, you are saved, therefore you obey. It's whenever we put the trait first, not the outcome of displaying the trait, where we unlock the full power of God's love. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do not appear among the figures listed in the litany of people who uh, appear in one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, Hebrews 11. This chapter finds a common thread running through much of the Old Testament, faith. To quote verses 1 and 2, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. It goes on to list a number of great achievements, yet for all these heroic accomplishments the chapter raves about, it ends on a bit of a downer note. These were all commended for their faith, verse 39 says, yet none of them received what had been promised. That promise is, of course, Jesus fulfilling God's promise of reconciliation at the end of the Lenten season. God had planned something better for us, verse 40 says, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. That ties us back into the first verse of this week's gospel reading, where Jesus himself echoes this very sentiment. He says to the Jews who had believed in him in John 8.31, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Other translations use the phrase remain in me instead of continue in my word, which to me feels a bit closer to the spirit of faith itself. Our salvation does not require such consistent reactivation, charging ever forward so as to continue with Jesus. It simply requires us to remain strong in the faith that we have, for he will be with us if we are in him. Amen. Amen.